0: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is your host Hunter McWaters. It's good to be with you as always. And uh, this week, uh, I got a chance to catch up with Cody Rich from the Rich Outdoors podcast, and he also has a company called Backcountry Fuel Box. Um, he's a really interesting guy. He's an entrepreneur, and um, obviously, he's in the hunting and outdoor space, but. He's one of these type guys who's always, you know, thinking about starting companies. He's started several successful companies. Um, So really a mover and a shaker and the kind of guy I like to talk to. Um, He's based in Montana. And, uh, you know, if you, this time of year, a lot of people are kind of planning out their goals and dreams for the next year. And and we talk a little bit about that and and just about, um, you know, entrepreneurship in general. you know, if it's in the hunting industry or in any industry, really, if you, you know, have a dream of launching out, starting something new, I mean, I think this is a great time to do that. And so that's something we talk about a lot in this episode and just kind of swinging for the fences. So um, if you're one of those people who's kind of planning out your next year goals and whatnot, um, if you got a dream in mind of something you want to start, this is a great episode for you. Um, so anyway, let's just jump in. I appreciate your support. Um, please share, continue sharing the podcast with friends and family. And, um, I'll be coming back from Arizona soon, hopefully with some content to share with you guys. So I'm looking forward to letting you know how that went. And, um, yeah, in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy and enjoy the episode. All right, so I'm here with my guest today, Cody Rich. How you doing, man?
1: Good, good. How about yourself?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, can't complain. Uh, it's a little rainy here, but uh, I don't know where. Where are you based out of?
1: Ah, uh, Bozeman. Okay. Yeah. How's the yeah. weather yeah. out there? Uh it's snowing. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's winter time. It's uh, like I think it was negative three this morning, and and oh snowing gosh. like crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't even know what that's like, man. We got like a little flurry yesterday, but we don't get much snow. I'm in Virginia
1: did it snow there this like i saw it was like snow down south even
0: yeah, yeah. do you consider the,
1: virginia south or
0: yeah i'm like yeah i do um i'm like in the i'm like probably 45 minutes from the ocean front so we are usually the last ones to get any snow we got like a dusting here but yeah parts of virginia got hit pretty good so but i mean literally if we get like two inches here the whole town shuts down
1: yeah yeah it's great I, uh, I i've spent some time quite a bit of time in north carolina and all over virginia uh mississippi and i remember like okay. every every time it would snow it's like almost comical because it'd be like like a half inch of snow and people like slid off the road and i'm like how is that even possible like
0: <laughs> yeah people just completely forget how to drive when anything white falls from the sky it's crazy but um but yeah man um uh, i've been looking forward to talking to you do you guys have a good holiday
1: yeah, yeah, pretty low key. Uh, just kind of stayed at home. Uh, we didn't travel much, so that was that was a total win for me. I feel like I've been traveling for years, you know. So like yeah. this year, like I have a staying, staying at home for the holidays. So I'm pretty stoked about that. You got kids? Uh, yeah, I got um, a two year old, and then I actually got one on the way. So oh, congrats! Uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be chaos this year.
0: You got a little boy or a little girl? A uh, little boy okay nice man. he's
1: he's he's a hunting freak like oh really already <laughs> so, yeah yeah it's it's like and i don't even push it because like i feel like i didn't want to be that dad that like pushes their kid right. into hunting but dude, he's like <clears throat> he's full-blown obsessed
0: that's awesome man um i don't know my little girl i feel like she might be a huntress or a hunter i don't know however you say it but um my little boy he he likes it. I got him out in the deer uh in a like a ground blind a couple times, but um I don't know something about my little girl's personality. She's just like crazy. I think she'll be into it. Um yeah, man. So um If you wouldn't mind, um, I'd love to just hear a little bit about your story, kind of tell folks who you are, um, what you're up to. I mean, um, I know you got a lot of different entrepreneurial things going on and, um, that's something I want to dig into a little bit, but, um, go ahead and give people kind of your background a little bit and, um, a little bit about your journey and, and the rich outdoors and all that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I always say I'm just like a dumb farm kid Uh, (laughs) that that, uh, just wanted to go hunting a lot. So he got into entrepreneurship. So I grew up a pretty small farm in a super, super small town in Oregon. Um, Yeah. We, I mean, growing up, we did a lot of uh, wheat. We ended up switching to grass seed and, you know, did like Christmas trees. And so we kind of did a lot of that stuff. And, you know, it was kind of like forced, I wouldn't say forced, but pretty near forced to be a farmer. And I was like, did not want to do that. Uh, So kind of went down the rabbit hole, took a little stint. I thought I wanted to be a firefighter for a while because I was like, oh, mm. they seem like they get to go hunting quite a bit, way more than farmers. So I'll do that. And <laughs> and then I kind of came upon just like through the right mentors and, and relationships and stuff, just got kind of lucky and stumbled into entrepreneurship. Um, and I just went all in, man. It was like, that's what I want to do. Like, I don't care how long it takes. Like, I want to I want to be able to go hunting. And, and like everyone I knew who went hunting a lot was probably some kind of an entrepreneur, you know, like they, they got to do the thing. So I always looked at them. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to be at. You know, like my family, like all the farmers I knew, like didn't get to go hunting. So I'm like, yep, that's out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I grew up just running around hunting animals, like setting traps, like Mm -hmm. just catching fish. That's all I did. So, um, I didn't have a technical background much. And so kind of got into entrepreneurship and I was like, well, I got to figure out this whole internet thing. Cause that seems to be like the next, the next thing. So <laughs> yeah, good call. So like forced myself to like, figure out how to build websites and build okay. my first company. And, and uh, yeah, it's been a long damn journey. What was your down first down company? There. Um, So at the time um, I was actually building it for a company I worked for and then I ended up buying it from them, but it was an ammunition company. So yeah, okay. um, we were doing a lot of military training and, and that's when I was back east and and in the south and stuff. And um and I had a really good mentor, a couple of really good mentors through that company. And uh and we had this like little ammo company on the side. And you know, I read like the four hour work week and I was like, oh, this is it. You know, like uh, this is what I want to do. And, and so I was like, I'm gonna put this internet company on or this uh ammo company on the internet, you know. And mm-hmm. that was like I always say that was my MBA because I didn't really go to college. So I just kind of figured it out that way. And mm-hmm. uh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. You know, it was like a like that was my MBA, but I got paid to do it instead of like it costing me money, Yeah, Uh, which can be more stressful than college. I'm sure. But, (laughs) but, uh,
0: (laughs) so yeah, I built a little ammo company and then, and then. But learning in the real world is just so much more, uh, just more real. I don't know.
1: Yeah. There's something about getting punched in the face that you remember a little bit more than like someone (laughs) telling you about it. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah. Um, did that and then ended up Wanting to transition, um, and knew like I was like, I want to be in the hunting space, I didn't really know what, but I was like, I loved hunting, was spinning, that's all I wanted to do, and so I was like, I want to go down this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And so then I kind of started the pot my podcast, which is The Rich Outdoors, and a lot of that was like, I wasn't, I was, wasn't, I I saw, I was listening to a bunch of entrepreneur podcasts, and I was like, I want to like someone needs to do this for the hunting industry, but I think it's a great way to like figure out what's next. Right. It was like, ah, yeah. uh, this will be like my foot in the door. Um, and it was like, I, I honestly was so tired of just magazine articles. Like I was trying to get better as a hunter and it was like, you'd read like these, you know, 500 word articles. You're like, that doesn't really help. Right. And so like, and, uh, podcasts were such a huge influence on me in the entrepreneur space. Cause I was like listening to these podcasts and I'd listen to books and listen to podcasts, but like, it was like books were like these, in theory principle. I and mean, then you'll listen to podcasts and dudes be like talking about, you know, the application of it. And so that's, that's how I got, I would say got my MBA, you know, just loading ammo and and listening to podcasts and books and stuff. And so then it was like, man, you know, a podcast for the hunting space would be cool. Like, man, that's probably a good way to like figure out what's next. And so
0: mm-hmm.
1: started that and it kind of took off and, you know, that pivoted into my next company and, you know, and then it just kind of snowballed from there, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. So podcasts were a huge uh, part of my journey in terms of like learning to backcountry because hunt, I've hunted forever, but um, you know, deer hunt out of a tree stand out east is a lot different from strapping on seven days of camp and heading off into the wilderness in Alaska, which was my first backcountry hunt.
1: Oh um, man, that's cool.
0: Yeah, it was, it was life changing for sure. Just off into the deep end. Yeah, we like, yeah, my buddy invited me to go and um, I just said yes. I didn't really know exactly what I was getting myself into. Then I started to like figure out what we were actually doing and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to like really start preparing. So I started diving in and um, yeah, we did walk in style caribou hunt and for it was like seven days total, but life changing. That's awesome. Where'd you guys go? Um, We went to a controlled use area between getting too specific between um chicken and eagle okay do you know that area yeah yeah, 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 yeah. um so we, and the, we the only
1: reason i asked wasn't like to get your spot it was because i just no, went no. to i went to the hall road this year um nice. and, and ended up being like a walk-in deal uh And it was i was super fun like one of one of my favorite adventures i've been on in a long time which you know i did not foresee that it was kind of like oh let's just go it'll be fun and it was just a super cool adventure so
0: yeah yeah, I want to hear about that a little bit. So we just like rented a U-Haul van and drove up there and the area we were in um it's a controlled use area so it's closed to any motor vehicles. Like you can't even bring a chainsaw in there. Um so anyway, it was an awesome experience, but so how was the haul road thing?
1: It was it was good, man. It was cool. I like the Hall road is something that i it's kind of it's been on i don't know its everyone's bucket list but it's like one of those things that's always like out in the ether You're like i gotta do that someday i gotta do that someday yeah you never really make time for it and actually i had um i had had i had a flight booked out so one of my best friends he ended up um getting a job up there being a pilot and um, nice yeah, he's worked up there for a long time. He was doing game capture stuff. And anyway, he went and worked for he's kind of slowing down in life. So he, he took a job for um, you know, for 40 mile. And so we're uh, working work a deal to get that. That's into a good them. connection. <laughs> right. Right. I was well,
0: I'm on their mile-long waiting list right now.
1: R- right, right. And that's <laughs> dude, that's good. like I best friends with one of the pilots, and I still don't get I, I get the buddy discount of like, yeah, you have to get in line with everyone else. I'm like, dude, come on. Yeah. Seriously, the, the the only up I had is that I um I basically told the owner that I was gonna be in his hangar sweeping the floor until I got a ride out. Uh <laughs> and that was kind of like it was still like kind of up in the air, but I was like, Well, I'll just be there. And I was going out solo and they didn't really want to take me solo, but I was like, I like they kind of they know me, so it was fine. Yeah. But it was like I had this flight, and anyway, I we went to the Pope and Young show, and one of my really good buddies was there and He just moved up to Alaska, which was kind of a last minute thing for him. He just like decided, you know, screw, I'm moving to Alaska to get my residency. Nice. (laughs) Right. And so he's like, well, I'm going to go to the Hall Road this year because I'm not going to be a resident. I was like, man, I'll go with you. That sounds fun. Like, so I had a flight out. I was going to do and I was pretty stoked about that to do like a solo fly out um caribou hunt um mm-hmm. so i i was like man that sounds really cool but also hunting with craig sounds cool and i was like him and i have been on some grinders we have done a lot of hunts together so it was just one of those things where i was like you know what i'll do that that sounds fun i'll keep saying i'm gonna do the haul road someday it just like i said it's one of those things it's like you kind of just always gotta oh, i gotta do it someday yeah um so i was stoked to get to do it so that's kind of how it worked out as you know one of the the only expenses to a caribou Han is like the vehicle rental. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the, you know, it nothing and, and pretty much unless you're either going to fly out and spend three, four grand to mm-hmm. fly out, or you're going to, you know, spend that on a vehicle. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much about the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's why we did a U-Haul. It was considerably cheaper, but I don't know if you'd want to take a U-Haul up to the, up the Hall Road. I'm not sure.
1: Uh, dude, there was U-Hauls
0: everywhere. <laughs> up there. So, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: uh, it's funny because I laughed about the box trucks, U-hauls, until I was like, you know what? That's that would be perfect. It's like a camper van, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you just yeah. throw your sleeping bag in the back or a cot yeah. in the back. And you just jam around all the time.
0: We had like a van that like like a 15 passenger van, but like no seats, just like empty in the back. And it was actually really nice because yeah, I mean it wasn't as big as a box truck, but we could get back there and you know arrange gear and stuff and you could store stuff without, you know, like a pickup truck, it'd be open.
1: Right. So. Right. 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 No, that's a good way to go. So that's kind of how it worked out. And we ended up, my buddy ended up driving up, picking me up in Fairbanks and, and uh we just grinded it out. And honestly, it was like, it was quite a grind. It was pretty tough, uh, pretty tough hunt.
0: Did you do archery or rifle?
1: Yeah, we archery hunted. Mm-hmm. And it was funny cause uh, you know, we're both, like, uh, didn't really want to shoot one with a rifle. And he's like, do you want me to bring a rifle? And I was like, no, don't even bring one. Cause if you bring one, we're going to end no. up using it. <laughs> like we're going to end up hiking out five miles and using it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, let's just not bring one. And of course we don't bring one. And, and it gets down to like day eight and we're like, yeah, I probably should have brought a, a <laughs> rifle. This is, you know, kind of whatever. And so ironically, you know, day eight, it's just a suck fest. And, we ended up hiking way out because just next to the road wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we ended up hiking clear. Well, we weren't going to go quite to the rifle zone, but like, we'll hike out of, you know, three miles or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up seeing caribou over, you know, over the line, which is like five miles out. Yeah. And so we're sitting there on top of this mountain looking at this one caribou that's like two and a half miles farther. And it's like Ugh. All right, well, might as well try. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up killing both of our caribou. Um, yeah, five miles from the truck, uh, which made it an adventure for sure.
0: Absolutely, man. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: As you know, hiking in that country's.
0: Oh yeah, squishy and weird surface, and um, that's awesome, I mean, I'm planning to go back up there this year because we didn't tag out on our caribou trip, and um, I went to I did Kodiak this year. Oh, so, did you? yeah How'd go? oh man it was awesome it was, it was I, I just i filmed the whole thing so i'm actually about to release the whole the whole film but we we shot three and um it was crazy it was like i couldn't have written the script any better like the first full day we had my friend with us who's like kind of a newer hunter and we're like let's get him one get it on camera like get things figured out first full day worked out perfectly got his and then the weather was like crap for like three or four days. We didn't see, we saw like one buck, like two miles away in like four days. And we're like, this is, you know, we thought it was a wash. And then the last morning we doubled up, we shot two bucks within like 60 seconds of each other. I got the whole thing on camera and his, my buddies, mine's a nice one. My buddies is like a hundred, I think it was 107 inch gross. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, so we we did August, which was really cool. um We went up there I think like the second week of August or something I don't remember exactly, and flew in with seahawk air and um, hit a real high alpine lake and um as beautiful up there. So the first one was um in velvet, and then our two bucks were hard horned but oh wow, yeah. it was really cool being up there that time of year, man. it was like Jurassic Park.
1: yeah so craig one of my hunting partners the one i was up there with he went to kodiak in august and he's like man it was so cool it was awesome um and you know got his his archery buck or whatever and then he ended up going back uh november when the Mm -hmm. weather was like gnarly gnarly so um we're actually planning to go back so i'll be doing kodiak next year (laughs) um so it's like this coming august yeah so yeah no 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 in november so we're gonna go yeah 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 late October, early November, sometime in there. So was
0: that going to yeah. be your first time up there?
1: Uh, to Kodiak. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really cool, man. Um I schedule a couple days on both ends for weather.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're going like 10 days. Like it just, that's yeah. what we do. Like, you know, same thing with the caribou, like, like, out oh, I think we had like, f- 12 or 14 days i think it was like 12 yeah 12 or 13 days planned for the caribou and like anytime you're archery hunting on those big adventures like there's so much effort and logistics that you like Mm -hmm. just give yourself some extra days like it's totally worth it especially in alaska because
0: you might not be able to get where you're going for like two days or something right or five Um, you
1: might get you know weather especially kodiak like you could get weather for five days you know and only have a couple days to hunt
0: yeah man so that's awesome. Um, are who did you say you are you doing a boat? Are you flying? Would you guys figure that out yet? Or I
1: haven't figured it out yet. Um, Craig did the to the boat thing, and it's funny because I had another buddy that did the boat and loved it. Craig yeah. did the boat, hated it. Um, so I I haven't worked out the details. I he, he doesn't want to do boat, which I get because it kind of it kills the last hour of yeah. daylight. So I guess it, you know it just all depends on what you're looking for out of the hunt. Um, for sure. If you're like going with buddies and you're know, like, oh, just the boat experience, I think they're just two different trips, you know? And yeah. so it's like, you know, you got to figure out what you want out of the trip. Like tent camping is going to suck. It's going to be miserable. Um,
0: <laughs> in November. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless you got like a wall tent and like a stove and all that, then it'd be fun. But since we were going in August, we didn't want to deal with the extra variable of like sea conditions. And I just like, I just like the idea of being out there and in it for like six days not like going back and hiking back because especially in august i mean they're way up i mean they're way up there we, it would have been like a you know it would have been several probably two thousand ish ascent and descent every day so we decided to, to fly up and it was awesome
1: yeah no yeah kind of it just depends on what hunt you want but yeah i think we're gonna i imagine we'll probably tent camp um try to get some remote flying you know i would like to go and like hit some of these. like well i would like to take either um you know like a small jet or a small um little raft with a motor and try to get up some of these you know drainages and stuff to get to remote stuff uh, but we'll see
0: yeah that'd be cool man so you mentioned you were trying to do a solo thing do you like are you a big time solo guy or
1: um yeah like i think for most of my life I've been a solo hunter and it wasn't necessarily at a choice it was always just like necessity mostly necessity like I was an entrepreneur so I had a lot of time off and like none of my buddies could ever so they'd always be working so it just ended up like I would go by myself it just seemed easier yeah Um, and that's kind of how it started but honestly then I I became a solo hunter just because it was like I really enjoyed having it all on myself and like all the Mm. decisions on me, um, not second guessing anything. I do feel like personally, like if I'm with someone, I tend to become the guide or I tend to be like, uh, they probably don't want to climb this 3000 foot Hill, you know, like, (laughs) let's maybe not do that. And so it's just always been like, uh, I'll just go by myself. I tend to make better decisions. Yeah. I think every once in a while you come across someone like my buddy, Craig and I, um, we hunt really well together because we're always thinking the same thing. And I don't have any reservation about like going somewhere where he's not going to want to go. Generally speaking, it's actually worse because we'll go farther because no one's smart enough to say this is a bad idea. And then like, yeah. like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, you know, it just depends. Um, I, I don't know that there's like a best answer. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, cause people have asked me like, Oh, do you think you're more successful because you're solo? I mean, it just depends on, the right person right like yeah. if you if you met the right person or had the right hunting partner i do think there's times where that's much better um there's probably times where i gave up where if i had you know someone who wasn't going to give up if craig would have been with me then i probably would have stayed another day or two you know yeah. or something like those um so there's a lot of variables there but man having the perfect hunting partner is it's tough i think it's crucial and it's tough yeah. um but it's tough it, you to know, find but very right? important and it's like you know it's just schedules and, and timelines mm-hmm. and like all those things are hard to line up
0: yeah so if you were going to do that caribou hunt again and you could pick um maybe not 40 mile but if you had to pick like another air carrier versus driving up into a haul road which one would you do
1: <sighs> man i just don't know enough about Or would you do
0: it again would you do the haul road again
1: i'd do the haul road again for sure
0: it was a fun hunt was it crazy up there lots of people or was it not too bad. There's a lot of
1: there's a lot of people. I I was telling Craig like I equate it to like an eastern Montana antelope hunt where, where? like everyone's driving around and trying to road hunt and like it can feel chaotic and abs- like just like oh this is ridiculous. I don't enjoy it, but at the same time nobody is like really doing any damage. <laughs> so yeah. you get frustrated by the amount of people you're seeing, which which is crazy when you think about like how far away from civilization you are. <laughs> yeah, and you're like damn people, um, but. At the same time, like I do enjoy that hunt. You just have to, there's such different experiences, right? Like you, if you really want to like the Alaska trip, like mm-hmm. go fly out and yeah. be remote and be isolated. If you want to go on a fun hunt, like you just have to have the right mindset going into it. They're like, this is what it is. Like I'm going on a caribou hunt that's super affordable. And I'm going to get a chance to at a lot of opportunities on a caribou with my bow but it's not the, it's not the adventure, you know, and right. it's just a different adventure. Like, I don't want to say it's not the adventure. It's just a different adventure, yeah. uh, you know, and like just different things. Right. Um, so I would do, I would do the haul road again, um, just because there's so many other flyout hunts to do. And it's like spending that much money on a fly out for a caribou seems kind of expensive. Right. I yeah. think I'd rather put that money towards a moose hunt and then fly out and do a moose hunt. Yeah. Um, so the, I don't know. That's kind of my thoughts on it. But I think if you had three or four dudes and you were wanting to do a rifle, like, yeah, it's really, when you really break it down, like a fly out, you know, manageable or whatever. And yeah. if you're like, I want to kind of add this adventure piece to it, then didn't, yeah, it, it makes sense to do a flyout caribou hunt.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so, yeah, going back to like, you know, you said podcasts were a big a big thing in your journey and stuff like that. Um, do you have any favorites that you that really kind of sparked your uh your passion there?
1: <laughs> like way back when or like currently? Eh,
0: probably more currently, I guess.
1: Um That's a good question. Uh I there's one I like, there's probably one or two I listen to. I've been like, and it, I go in kicks. Right. So I don't even listen to hardly any hunting podcast mainly because I just do it. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm listening to more entrepreneur podcasts these days. I listen to my first million quite a bit. Um, I listen to some of these, the crypto tales, like some into crypto and stuff. So yeah. like listen to a lot of the crypto stuff, just trying to keep up with what's new or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, I, man, I don't even hardly listen to any hunting podcasts. Like there'll be a few, like maybe I'll I'll listen to Rogan too every now and then, but that's about it. Yeah. I
0: saw you posted on your story about the. Um, I haven't listened to that one yet, but I listened to the Peter McCulloch one. That was pretty, pretty gnarly.
1: Yeah. This new one's like, it's, it's crazy, man. Even more crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's more crazy. I think you're like i don't know it's just it's like all the pieces seem to be coming together like yeah I, I don't know about you but like for a long time i was like man something's not right like something's weird oh
0: yeah and then from the beginning like, i thought it was weird
1: and then the mccall comes out and you're like yeah okay this is making sense and i feel like now like, you're gonna see more and more and i feel like we're right on the tipping point of like everyone being like okay something's not right yeah like something's goofy here
0: and people are getting so, fed up too um right. <laughs> so yeah and the cool thing about podcasts too is it's like you know you talked about being an entrepreneur and that's one of the kind of the it's a blessing and a curse but you you know and I'm myself just kind of starting off on a I've been doing the podcast for about a year but this year I'm actually going full-time into the podcast and filmmaking and uh, yeah so it's you know you have those moments of this is awesome I'm gonna do this like nothing can stop me. And you have those moments of like, what am I doing? Like, there's no way I can make this happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like walking that knife edge between faith and fear. Um, but, uh, but the cool thing about podcasts is I have bad and, news
1: that never gets better.
0: No, that's okay. I mean, I think if you're not walking that knife edge, I think you're supposed to be on that knife edge. Honestly, like life should require some degree of faith. You know what I'm saying? Oh, a hundred
1: percent. hundred percent. And like, that's, you know, people say that about imposter syndrome. Like you're like, you know, imposter syndrome is, is a very real thing. And I think we all struggle with it. Like when I started a podcast, I had no business talking about hunting podcasts. Like I, 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 that's how I felt. You know, I'm like, I don't know a thing. I'm like, I'll just interview other people. Right. Right. And it, it took me more than a year to be, to accept the fact that like, I am, I don't, you don't have to be the top before you can talk. You are, I am ahead of some people and far below others. Like it's no different than we were just talking about Rogan. So Rogan, you know, is he the expert on this thing? No, he's just asking questions, but mm-hmm. is he an expert? Is he above other people say in jujitsu or whatever? Like you don't have to be at the top. And I think we all have like imposter syndrome to be like, I have no business saying my opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was like that for me with elk hunting, I literally got into podcasts to figure out more about elk hunting, not to mm-hmm. teach people, but what I found is like, there was a ton of people that were like just starting out or coming up that were like, actually, you know, way more than I do. and I can't get any information out of anybody. So like, can you just yeah. tell me? And I'm like, well, here's what I know. You know, <laughs> like, and that's, yeah. that's all you can do, uh, man. But like, I don't know that that ever goes away.
0: <laughs> no, it's good. It's almost like, um, it's almost like modern art. Like someone like looks and is like, oh, I could do that. It's like, yeah, but did you?
1: Right, right. But did you? Yeah.
0: And that's the same thing with me too. I mean, and I was, I've been very upfront from the beginning. Like I'm, you know, I don't claim to be an expert. I don't claim to be, you know, like a badass hunter. I'm just like, I'm just me. I'm doing this. And I mean, I'm from Virginia, so it's been a learning curve for sure. But, um, it's been awesome, man. And and the thing about podcasts and like doing podcasts, um, whether you're listening or even creating them, it's kind of like you can, Um, you know, they say you're the sum of the five people you hang out with most. So even if you don't like, for me, I I can't really put myself around great elk hunters and stuff in Virginia. Like they're really hard to find, but I've like built this whole network of like people and friends and colleagues over the past year of all these guys and gotten to work with some of them like Dan from elk shape. And, um, and it's just like, I've kind of stepped into this world through the internet and podcasts, you know?
1: No, which is great. And that's, I mean... And that's no different than anything, like whether it's entrepreneurship or hunting or whatever. It's like that's one of the cool things about internet, internet companies, whatever, is like, you know, you can change the seven people you're surrounded by mm-hmm. X fold, like instantly, yeah. because now you're like, okay, I'm surrounded by this person, this person. This person is it completely healthy? No, you should probably have like actual real friends, but yeah. at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, that's what pushes you, motivates you or like inspires you to kind of just keep working towards it. Right. Um, yeah. because I was that way. Like I, you know, for a long time, I was from a podunk town in Oregon and thought I never really liked the idea that you had to move to somewhere, um, to be a part of that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in the entrepreneur community, when I was you know, it's just starting out. And everyone's like, Oh, you got to move to Silicon Valley, you know, to be in startup land or whatever, you got to surround yourself by it. And I was like, no, I don't think you do. And there is some truth in both, right? Like to some degree, um, you can surround yourself. I made it into the hunting industry without moving to bozeman that was kind of serendipitous and actually we didn't even move here for me it was kind of my wife um and so it was like i was still able to to be a part of it and surround myself by these people just via the podcast right And those relationships mm-hmm. now if you physically surround yourself by those people too i think it's like another level but i, I think you can do either i think 100 you can you can, that's the cool thing about today is like, you can grow an industry around whatever you're into because there's someone like you. And the other thing about that is like, you know, from your perspective to say, okay, there's a million other hunting podcasts. Why would someone listen to me? I, Mm -hmm. I've said the same thing about entrepreneurship. Like, you know, we're, I'm working on this entrepreneurship course thing. And for the longest time, I was like, there's so many entrepreneurship people, conversations, courses, all these things. Like, why would anybody talk to me? but then you realize that like, there's enough people that would rather hear it from me than mm-hmm. someone else, because there's always going to be a subset of people that are, that are like you. Right. Yeah. So if I say like I'm entrepreneurship for dumb rednecks, then, you know, there's a bunch <laughs> of dumb rednecks that are like, Oh, that guy speaks my language, you know? Right. And like he may not resonate with someone from Silicon Valley from Austin who isn't even talking about the same stuff. Right. Yeah. And so like people will resonate with you. Like there's, plenty of people from the East coast who are probably more like you, they would rather listen to your experiences about hunting than mine being from the left coast. Right.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of, you can look at it like, Oh, you know, I don't live out in wherever, or I'm not in Silicon Valley or I'm not in Montana or whatever. And you can look at it as a negative thing, or you can like try to flip it into an asset and be like, okay, well what makes me unique coming from an outsider's perspective? You know, like what unique voice can I have? that these guys don't have cause they grew up with an elk call in their mouth. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So it's a, it's a balance, but um, you just got to learn to look at things positively and see how you can make it an asset, not a liability.
1: I think it's easy to um try to become the people who are in front of you. I think it's just, whether it's on entrepreneurship or hunting, like business oriented, whatever you want to call it, it's easy to say, I'll I'll use the example here in Bozeman, right? Like, so it's easy for me to look at Randy or Steve and be like, oh, that's what success is. And then try to like move towards that because that seems like the only goal I can see. Mm -hmm. We're really bad at that as humans is like not being uniquely us. And that's hard because we feel like this imposter syndrome, right? So for you, you know, it's easy to look at people and be like, you just start to migrate towards that because you're like, oh, that's what success is. Like, that's the route I'm supposed to go. Whereas, you know, the reality of the situation is like, you should be and, and really take pride in like the unique characteristics that are you, right? And like, yeah. so what makes you, and that makes you different. You know, I struggle with that because like, as I got in the industry, I was like, okay, what is success? And I already had my own version of success, but I would look at other people and be like, oh, they're doing this. I should do that. Like, no, 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 no. Wait, back up. Like, I'm not yeah. trying to get to where they are. Right? right. So you have to keep that in check and be like, um, okay, what do I want? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Um, and so that's like, you know, I'd say a year ago, it was like, for me, it was like, dude, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a hunter. Like, I don't know which one is even has the priority. So I don't want to go down the, the rabbit hole of creating hunting content. Like, that's not what I want to do. Even though that's like, it felt like all the forces were pushing me to go that way. And I was like, no, that's that's not what I want to do. Like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to like um, talk about companies, help people start companies. Like I want to help. (laughs) I always say dumb rednecks. I I probably, it's not the most correct term. I was like, I want to help dumb rednecks like me start companies or start businesses and actually, you know, do this thing. Cause like when I started, they said, I was, I was supposed to be a farmer and I was like, no, I'm going to start internet companies. Like, (laughs) it's like the most ass backwards thing. Right. Yeah. Um, But I didn't have any resources or anybody to teach me that similar to like the hunting thing it was just kind of like figure it out figure it out figure it out and so now i kind of like have this like okay that's who i want to be is uniquely that person that me right yeah everyone needs to find that i think it's tougher than it's easier said than done um for a lot of people it's like you don't really know who you are for a long time. You're just trying to feel all this out. You're like you dabbling mm-hmm. in stuff. Right. Um, And so like, it takes a while to really iron that out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's also that tension too. Right? I think I heard you on a podcast talking about it with somebody of like, like for me, you know, I, I've been working on business plan and stuff like that. And you know, the, my mentor that I've been working with this on this business plan with, he comes from, the traditional I guess business world where it's like they want to see like okay this is how I'm gonna make my revenue like in this much time this amount per every unit whatever and it's like I have this sense is like dude I don't exactly know how I'm gonna get where I need to go but I just like have faith I just think if I just like do this and keep grinding it's gonna work out but like I don't know. It's, it's a weird tension to like not be able to explain people like, so where's your revenue going to come from? And I'm like, I have an idea. I don't know exactly. And things might evolve. I don't know. Does that sound like a scary place or like a normal place to you?
1: Uh, it's 100% normal. I'm laughing. Um, because like in, in my, in my course, so I'm I'm working on this course. We, we taught it. Um, I taught it to 25 people as Mm. like a trial run and now I'm of rewriting revamping a little bit but one of my one of my like portions of that is that uh business plans are bullshit like they're bs right (laughs) and so i one of my mentors was uh we we struggled and i told the story of like i had this idea of building internet company and that was completely at odds with everything my mentor who owned the company had built you know he'd built multiple companies made millions and millions but nothing to do with internet companies. And so when I was like, this is the way I want to, you know, this is what we're doing. This is the future. Mm -hmm. It was okay until like a point. And then we started like butting heads and it was like, no, you need to do this. I was like, no, man, like, like I'm, I'm pretty confident in this. Like, Not that confident, but I'm pretty confident. And so this was like, I reached this point with this mentor where he decided, he's like, I don't want this to ruin our relationship. Why don't you buy it? And it was like, okay, now I'm all in. But it was like that point where my, I had, cro- I don't know if I'd surpassed in some ways, I'd surpassed that mentor And so in other ways, not right. But like it was just a different era. If you built a company in the eighties, like I had a mentor that built an, uh, a bullet company and he was kind of partners in this company. And this is a different one, but he was like, no, man, like you got to go to trade shows, you got to do this. I'm like, man, trade shows are dead. Like, this is it. You got to be internet. Like that's, and you know, he was all about dealers, getting dealers, you know, getting into Cabela's and those things. And it was like, no, like, yeah. I, this is not the route I want to go. And this is the route I want to go. And it was just very different. And sometimes you get to that point. Right. And like everyone, everyone has their own experiences. You'll get mentors that are like, no, this is how you build a business. No, that's how you built your business. Right. Um, and so I always say, I say that business plans are bullshit. It's not entirely true. You, they're this weird thing that you you need to impress banks or investors and things like that. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're, they're okay to have, but they are bullshit because it lines you out in a path that's not correct. Right. Or it yeah. sticks you in a rut that you're like, this is where I'm going. But right. People fail to like make adjustments. Right. And I think pivoting is far more important than being able to have this like ideal plan of, you know, your rev streams for the next five years. Right. Like, yeah there's a fine balance between being able to pivot and being able to like stick the path. Right. And yeah. this, you know, it's like, where do you hold them and fold them? Right. Take it to a hunting analogy. Like we're in a spot. We hiked in five miles. Like do we bail on this spot or we keep grinding it out? Right. And some guys will stick there and grind it out and never see a damn thing for five days. Cause they're pot committed to that spot. Mm-hmm. They put all this effort into doing this thing. And you know, there's some, some there's some good in like sticking it out and stick to right yeah. um, but at the end of the day you can't be bouncing around all over right so yeah let's take the same analogy and like we go to and like okay we're gonna hunt unit 30 and i'm just making this up but unit yeah. 30 in colorado you and i go there and we're just like this huge unit we're like well let's go over here oh let's no there's nothing there Let, let's bounce over here let's bounce over here and like you never really look at one spot well enough mm-hmm. to know whether there was good bucks in there or not and then like you went to the first spot and maybe you spent an afternoon there and you didn't see anything. Well, now you have to go back to that spot to check it again, to be like, okay, was there deer in there or did we just get carried away and bounce around? So now you're just doing, you know, running circles on yourself. Business is no different, man. It's like you have to like keep testing new things and trying new things Hmm. until you're fairly confident that that's not the thing and then pivot and then keep going to the next thing. Because the chances that you're going to line out the perfect business right. and then, uh, then keep to it for the next two years is asinine, man. It's like you, the industry or the, the, the trends aren't even as to stay the same for mm-hmm. that long. And so to say like, Oh, this is our model. I think it's good to have like a rough estimate. And that's why I always say do battle plans, not business plans. Mm, and so, I like that. you know, like when you go into a hunt, you're going to say, okay, we're going to try here. And then we're going to move to here. And then we're going to move to here. Those are battle plans. Like that's not a full hunt plan. Right. But if you said yeah, you're going into a caribou hunt and you're going to go to Alaska, you're like, okay, we're only going to hunt this one spot. And we're going to stick that whether we kill or not. Like that's, that's not really, you don't have all the data. You don't have all the information to make that decision mm. from Virginia. When you end up in Alaska or Colorado or whatever you're going to go. Yeah. Right. So you get there, you like, you're going to execute your first plan like, okay, we did this. What intel do we have now? And how do we adjust? Right. So you're going to hunt you're like, man, we're just not seeing anything, but we saw some caribou over here. So like, let's, let's hike into this spot and see what we find. So that's battle plan two. Right. So we pivoted and we made another battle plan. Yeah. Your business is no different, man. Like you could take it and say, okay, here's my, here's my plan. And here's the objectives we have for, for the next six months. And I usually say like 90 days, do a quarter excuse me and and be like okay well here's our plan and we need to hit this goal because we need to get money quick right so like what's the thing that we can do to get money coming in and create that revenue so then we can pivot and go to the next thing because the honest the reality is like in nine months from now you may see doors that you couldn't see from from the very beginning right yeah it's the same with a hunt like you're just gonna it's gonna open up doors the more you figure out the more you're like opening that door what's next right and Mm so for business it's no different like okay here's here's the next 90 days maybe the next six months and then like everything after that gets a little more blurry yeah and it's like okay but what doors are going to open up in the next six months that you're like okay this is it and you can't bounce around too much and it's that fine line of like okay Mm -hmm. did we really hunt this spot do we know what's here what's not here should we move on to the next one and you'll find that balance as you grow and
0: continue no i'm really glad you said that because yeah like So this person I'm working with on the plan, like they're very meticulous. They also made millions, you know, in a completely different like arena. And so they're very knowledgeable, but it stresses me out because like, if I look back at this past year, I could have never guessed the opportunities that opened up. I could have never planned for any of them. Like, uh, you know, so like to sit here and try to plan two years out when I have no idea, it's like, I know that like, I just do this I'm good at this. If I do this and this and this other doors are going to open that I can't see yet, Like you just said. And so that's, that's good to hear, man. Cause it stresses me out.
1: I mean, it, uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Like those are all like, there's such made, like business minds are so made up. Like it's just, it's like a joke. You're like, yeah. even go to the bank and say like, we are going to get a loan, say you and I are starting a business. Right. And um, we, we got to go get a hundred thousand dollars from the bank. Uh, so we like put together this business plan. There's such made up numbers that we don't have a clue, man. Like, it's just like, okay, they're, they're good, rough estimates. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you said, I, they're be, I don't want to say they're completely BS because there is some truth to like having a map, knowing where you're going, what Mm -hmm. the end goal is. I'm really big believer in like starting with the end in mind. Um, like if, uh, if you came to me and you're like, Hey, I'm thinking about starting this business my first question, Be like, okay, what's the end goal? Like what's, what's our exit? What's, you know, is it an exit? Is it, are we handing it down to our kids? Are we trying to grow this giant monopoly? Like those are important aspects of it, but to say like, here's our business plan can oftentimes give people like blinders and they like tend to go down, like this is our business plan. And so I think it's just important to have shorter term battle plans, um, and have an end goal in mind. So that's good. I don't think like it's, throwing it out the window and saying like throw all care to the wind and like yeah. we're just gonna start out and wing see it. where we end up <laughs> wing it. Right. um but in some ways you're like you're like it's a slightly like controlled wing it.
0: yeah no, I like that. I like how you relate it to hunting too. it's so perfect because yeah you you go in there with a loose plan and like kind of backups and a few options. But you can't hold on to any one thing too tightly. I mean, we saw that on my Alaska trip. We went to one area, sign everywhere, no animals, three days, packed up and hit another spot. And we, um, you know, saw animals and almost tagged out. But anyway, long story. But the same is true for guys that, you know, go on a hunt and don't put the
1: work in like, you know, they they'll go and be like, "Oh, I'll just figure it out," but then they yeah. kind of run out of options and you know and whatnot. So it's good. I, I don't want to say like, "Hey, just throw caution to the wind and wing it," because right. when I go into a hunt, I'll have six, seven, eight, ten, whatever plans. Uh, I I have thought through contingency after contingency. Yeah. Um, and but I've also done enough of these like out of state hunts or adventure hunts to know that like no plans survives first contact. Like oh, it's yeah. almost guaranteed that my first plan is going to fail. And it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. now what, you know, like, okay, so, let's go to this. But, but so much of my plans get altered by data on the ground. And like, yeah. that's just the way it is. Like I could have 10 plans. I promise you, you know, first contact's going to tell me more and I'll be able to like alter those plans as I go. But at least I have them, you know, I have backups before the yeah. failure and like, you have to, you know just keep working through each scenario and each thing with the data that you get yeah. business is the same and i dude that's what, like i'm really big on like to me entrepreneurship and hunting are like they go hand in hand cuz they're such yeah. so similar to me um and like they're kind of my two passions but like it's easy for me to relate from one to the other um and there's so many like crossovers for me yeah
0: any other like um really good things that like areas where hunting has made you a better entrepreneur or like has uh like taught you something about entrepreneurship yeah.
1: I always, I always, I used to say like, uh, I went to school to be a firefighter and then I became an, a firefighter via entrepreneurship. Cause like you learn to put out fires. That's like your, your job. My job yeah. now is literally just putting out fires. Um, you know, trying to think of something off the top of my head, uh, for hunting. I think the one thing for me that correlates the most between, between hunting and entrepreneurship is like, Hunting allows me, as an entrepreneur, like it's hard to take breaks. It's hard to take time off. It's hard to take mm-hmm. your brain off of the, all of the like stress and the firefighting um, and thinking. But like hunting is this thing that gives me purpose and forces me to slow down mm. and to think. And like it's almost like my reset. You know, people say like fishing is my yoga. Like hunting's definitely my yoga. But at the same time, it forces me to do the the thinking, right? It forces yeah. me away from being able to firefight to being like, okay, but let's think big picture. So there's a lot of things that I think tie well together is like being gone for, for me, like there's always been like a no work September. And it's like, I became an entrepreneur, entrepreneur. So I didn't have to work in September. Like, mm-hmm. I'm happy to work 68 hours a week, except for that one month. Like that's my escape time. And I think those to me, like they just mesh so well together because like hunting forces me to be a better entrepreneur. So I can leave. It forces me to do the right things. Right. But hunting forces me to take a break, slow down, you know, and get my mind right. Keep and keep my priorities within the company. Right. And so like, it's easy when you're a firefighter in your company, to be like, oh shit, I do this, gotta do this, gotta do this, and like all these things we gotta do, and like worrying about stuff. But when you're forced to take, you know, some time off, whether it's ten days or a month, like forcing yourself to take ten days is like sometimes you get a lot of perspective that way. And yeah. so, whether one makes me better at the other, probably, but more so, I think that to me they're just very like they're congruent.
0: Yeah, yeah. So even though. Business plans are BS. I feel like you are <laughs> you are a goal kind of a, a long term goal kind of guy, aren't you? Yeah. I was yeah. yeah, I mean not necessarily long term, but um but since it is kind of early January twenty twenty two and people are kind of evaluating their goals and stuff like that, like do you have um and I've never been good at goal setting? Like I just, I kind of live in the moment and, um, you know, I I do it to some degree, but I could be better, but do you have any kind of like process that you go through like for setting goals or, um, and then also like what, you know, if you like, if you'd like to, I'd love to hear some of your goals for 2022.
1: Yeah. So I'm big on like dreamlining, um, which I differentiate from goal setting and I'll explain. So dreamlining is like, lining out what your future self looks like. Mm. Um, I'm very big on like looking farther down the road than most people. So we to a long-term goals. Like I don't really have long-term goals. I have long-term dreamlines, which is Mm. like, uh, to say that in five years, where would I be? Right. And so like I sit down and I say, well, in five years, um, just roughly speaking, it's like, okay, I want to be going on X amount of hunts per year. I want to, uh, you know, have X, Y, Z, D as far as properties. So for me, it's like okay, I want to have three Airbnb uh, cabin type things. You know, I want to have um, my dream place, uh, which is you know I've always said it's like 100 acres of river bottom in Montana. That yeah. is uh, you want to talk about point creep. That, that one's outpacing me, but faster than I can be an entrepreneur. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like having these things, right? So like I, I envision my life of what it'll look like down the road. Yeah. Um, and th- those are usually more extreme than I am comfortable. And so like, I even struggle saying it still. I be mean, like, oh, I'm going to have a hundred acres of river bottom and I'm going to have three Airbnb cabins that I can go to and I'm going to be hunting, you know, say 50 days a year, right? Like those are like, oh man, that seems audacious to say. hmm but I think when you start envisioning yourself in those shoes, like you're like, okay, then how do we get there? So like, what's the, what's the one year plan to get to that five-year goal? And mm-hmm. then what's the quarterly? So for me, I'm big on, like I said, battle plans. Um, even within my company like we said, we were working on this today. Uh, like what's our, you know, 90 day. Like execution goals, right? How do how do we make 90 day goals to get to our one year, which is going to get us to our five year? Mm. So that's kind of how I lay it out is like, here's where I don't want to be in five years. What do I have to have in one year to get there? Um, and then what do I have to do this quarter? And then from there, yeah, it's like, okay, let's just you can easily break down like your quarter and be like, okay, we need to be here this month um and get it done. Like, yeah. and that's kind of how I operate. I know some people are like, big on just setting goals and reaching goals or annual goals or whatever, uh, for me, it's more like, where do I want to be? Um, yeah. and then how do I do that? The other thing I like to do is like, say your future self, um, where does, where's your target monthly income. So, hmm. you know, like, what does that need to be? And I, this has a lot to do when you, when you think about like, w- from your perspective, where you're at, you're thinking about, okay, what are my business plans? What are my rev streams? Like, what are these things? you have to think about like what is your dream life and then what is your target monthly income so like what's your angle like to me it's like i don't need to make millions and millions of dollars i really don't like i don't really care about money it's more i would rather have say 10 or 15000 dollars a month in recurring revenue so yeah. i'd rather have money coming in every single month that isn't tied to me or isn't, t- or mostly isn't tied to me in a lot of ways. And so it's like, that's what I really want. So do I want to like build the empire or whatever, and then sell my company for $50 million, whatever it is? No, I, it doesn't really sound that interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so it's not a priority. Whereas like, how do I get to $10,000 a month in reoccurring revenue? And if I can get there, then it's not that hard to get to 15. Right. And so, then it becomes like, okay, how do I get $5,000 in reoccurring revenue? Mm. Um, and so as you think about it, like you personally is like, okay, where do I want to be? Like, what's, what's my dream line? Like, what's my dream life look like? You know, do my driving, you know, fancy cars, or is it just the fact that I get to go hunting all the time? I'm much bigger on, I would rather get time than any material thing. Yeah. Um, that's not to say I don't want like say a nice property or something like I would, yeah, that's, a dream of mine. So I do need money for that, but I also prioritize time first because for, sure. for me, it's like, it's all about, I want to be able to go do the things I want, go on the hunts I want.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and like a big piece of that for me, that's tough is like, I don't want to film. I don't want to create content. It's a slippery slope for me. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. So, um, you know, I could look at someone like Randy who goes, let's say 15 hunts a year, but there's a, there's a cost to his 15 hunts a year. And like, there's a whole bunch of deliverables. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and like, for me, it's like, how do I get to 15 hunts a year and I'll go on them whether I want to or not. And I don't have to do anything to get them. So like, that's, that's just a different variation. And there's people that are like, man, I just love creating content. Like that's what they want to do. Like it's just not me. Um, And so like, you just have to be fairly honest with yourself is like, what's your dream life look like? Because it's, in that scenario, not to pick on Randy, um, he's very, very successful, but if you aren't careful about what your end goal looks like, you can take paths that get the wrong end goal. Right. Mm. So for example, you could say like, man, I just want to go hunting all the time and it's easy to like, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, the first step is like, yeah, I got to create a YouTube channel and start getting sponsors and all that thing. But the divergent between that and going on 15 hunts a year without content is gets farther, the farther down that path you go, if that makes sense. So you're not really getting time. You're still trading time for money in that aspect. Mm. And so I try to get away from things that are trading time for money. So it may take me longer to go the route that I'm going and get to like, how do I, how do I get to 15 hunts? I don't know. 15 is a lot, but like, let's (laughs) say 50 days a year without having to do content. It may take me longer to go that route without just going and getting sponsors and, and, you know, doing content and growing a YouTube channel. Like that may be the quicker route, but for me, it's more important to get there a certain way. If yeah. that makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. I heard somebody say once the most dangerous thing that you can do is be really good at the wrong thing.
1: <laughs> that's very true.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> and that's easy. Cause sometimes like you have to ask yourself, am I going down the right path? And yeah. like, if you don't know what the, where, where the where you want to be. How do you know if you're on the right path or the wrong path? Sure. Um, got to have a target. And, uh, yeah. You got to have a target. And I think you're, it's hundred percent true. Is like, oftentimes it's easier and quicker to go down the wrong path. Like generally yeah. speaking, like it's always easier to be like, Oh, if I just do this, that, you know, we're on the right path. And then the farther down that path you get, the harder it gets to go back.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. So, um, just generally, I think, and I think people that are listening that are really interested in this stuff and entrepreneurship, I definitely recommend you check out Cody's, um, e-course or it is an e-course, right? You guys are offering it as an e-course. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's going to be, uh, launching here in the next, I don't know, say 10, I'm just wrapping up filming and stuff. Sure. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, so check, the next 10 days or so.
0: Nice. Well, check that out. Um, but just like, you know, I heard you say one time something I, that I thought was really neat about, um people cheat their future selves out of what they want basically basically on fear because of fear and they don't, you know, or letting, you know, perfect get in the way of good. Like you talked about before about, you know, people instead of just launching out, they're like, Oh, it's gotta be perfect. And then they never do anything, but I don't know what would be like your biggest kind of fear to give, like boil it down to like one piece of advice for guys out there who, might have a dream. It could be hunting related or it could be, I don't know, starting a plumbing business. doesn't really matter. But like for guys that have that entrepreneurial dream, what's kind of like your biggest piece of advice you just drop out there in general?
1: There's a saying that entrepreneurs build the plane on the way down in that like you're, you're essentially on a crashing plane. And you're trying to figure out how to build it <laughs> on the way down. <laughs> it's not the best advice. <laughs> um, although it's fairly accurate uh, because it, it does feel like you're falling out of the sky most of the time. I would say like, Think of entrepreneurship as setting sail, not shooting a cannonball. So, oftentimes we look at it as like we have to aim this cannonball perfectly to hit our target. Whereas the reality is, it's more like we're steering a ship along the way. Hmm. Um, you have to set sail to get anywhere, and you can kind of course correct. That's entrepreneurship. It's too many people put it on a pedestal and have so much fear around like hitting the target perfectly at the right time. Like, yeah. trust me, none of us, no one who has started a business hit it right the first time. And it's about kind of pivoting and, and just changing your core direction as you go and trying to figure it out. Right. Like, but it's as much as I want to say, like, just start, like, there are a lot of things I wish I could go back and say like, Hey, here's some direction that you should start at because as much as steering the ship is great. And it's a great analogy. Like if you set sail the absolute wrong direction, it can take (laughs) you a really long damn time to get there. Uh, so like, there's a balance between you have to start to, to get, to get anywhere. You know, you have to take swings to hit home runs and that's the honest truth.
0: 100%. But if you're standing,
1: if you're standing on first base, trying to hit a home run, like it's really hard to do because the pitcher's throwing it the wrong way, <laughs> Yeah, you know? And so like, there's a balance there. Um, but that's my advice is like, I don't, don't fear it. Don't feel like you have to have the perfect plan. Don't feel like you have to have an audience. Even I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I got to have an audience before I can build a business, you know? Yeah. I just don't think that's necessarily true. And I, I would say it's easier today to start a business than at any other time in hmm. history.
0: Nice. Um, you got any cool hunts planned yet for this year?
1: The Kodiakon is uh, probably my like, other, like yeah. I always yeah, I have like, always have like, so for me, when I think about hunts, it's like, I, I want, you know, something, something adventurous, uh, something solo. Uh, I want to have a hunt with some really good buddies um, or, or family or something along those lines. So I'm like always trying to get like little pieces of everything Yeah. Um, because there was like eras where I would be like only solo hunt and then like an entire year where I'd only hunt with my buddies and missed like the solo part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I try to have a little bit of everything. Uh, so... I actually got a call, and it's always hard like trying to plan your hunts with buddies because like I got a call last night, and we were trying to do it was like Wyoming antelope hunt, and my buddy's like, "Hey, my wife just changed our Hawaii trip," and this, uh, like, "Are you kidding me?" So like, um, I did I'm the still... hunt this
0: year; it's super fun.
1: Did you? Yeah, yeah, that's a cool hunt, and now, yeah, so we always like there's a core group of buddies that we always try to do a hunt. We actually didn't do one last year, so. I'm really going to be pissed if it doesn't work out. So we're trying to line that out. That's I, I think that's probably one of the ones I'm more excited about between that and Kodiak. Um, and then, uh, elk season. I'm, I'm always like trying to scheme for elk season, make nice. sure I get a good tag. Um, and that's, that's usually cooler. like elk seasons, my, like my solo, like grind yeah. it out. Like that's the one I want to just, know yeah,
0: be me. Cool man. Yeah, that's that's funny. I did Kodiak and Wyoming Antelope last year. That's kind of what you got coming up. That's awesome. You got an account count plan this year? Um yes. Hold on one second. We'll show you some. Oh yeah. So this is my Kodiak buck. Heck yeah, man. And this is my Wyoming antelope.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. That's a good antelope.
0: Yeah, man. Co broken cutter heavy. He is. Um, and it was a one point unit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Dude. That's the thing. People like get wrapped around the axle about how many points I got in Wyoming, Wyoming yeah. points by you access. That's it. But you could shoot an yeah. antelope on zero point unit. You could shoot a stud antelope on a zero point unit on like a one section of, you know, state yeah. or BLM or something.
0: Special draw is a good, good option too. That's what we did. Yeah. Um, But, um, that's cool, man. Do you do uh, are you a spring bear guy?
1: Love spring bear. Yeah. That's another one I'm trying to plan out right now.
0: So me too. I gotta, I've never done it. And so I'm trying to find a partner, um, for that, but I'm going to do that hopefully in your state, um, this year. And, uh, you asked about elk hunt. So I have a, I have an elk tag in Idaho in, uh, October. So me and a couple guys are actually going to fly in, Oh, cool! The church. Yeah. Frank church. And I got a mule deer and an elk tag. So it's not, it's not during the rut, but, um, it's going to be sweet. Yeah. I, I we're mainly mule deer hunting, honestly. Right. But, um, I had the cash. So I was like, I don't want to accidentally see an elk and not have a tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a guaranteed way to see
1: lots of elk and that's not by a tag. You know, yeah. I, do, I knew that happened. So,
0: and now that I have one, I won't see any, so we're good.
1: Right. Right. I did, I did that. We, um, well, we went to Idaho uh, on my buddy hunt, you know, we were like, and it started out as a mule deer hunt. This is how it always works. Um, Which I'm usually the elk guy. And so I guess it's only fair that a few years ago we did a, this was before I moved to Montana. We did a a mule deer hunt and I had an elk tag. And as soon as like those guys killed deer, I was like, we're going elk hunt. And so (laughs) I, maybe this is like I, I had it coming, but I was like, "Let's go on a backcountry mule deer hunt." And so we we're like planning this mule deer hunt, and they're like, "Wait, you can just buy elk tags? Like we're going elk hunting." I was like, <laughs> "Damn it, my deer hunt just turned into a elk hunt." And yeah. so of course we shoot. I didn't buy the tag because I had drawn a late season muzzleloader, uh-huh. and and sure enough, like. Uh, I'm mule deer hunting and there's like a 310 bull bowl just laying out in the middle of this wide Ooh. open. And, and like for two days, like I watched this as I was hunting deer up there and I was like, yeah, of course, like I don't have an elk tag.
0: So that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so it always goes down, but yeah, I'm, I don't have any, I don't have any plans for September right now. Um, still got a lot to learn honestly about elk hunting. So I went this year, I'd went and filmed for Dan state in, in New Mexico. And so I might go, um, I might go meet up with him again for like a couple of days and do some photography, and then, but I don't know. I, I still don't figure that out. I got a lot of like plans, but not nothing's only a few have really solidified. So right, 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 right. We'll see how it works out. Analogous <laughs> to my life in general right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're just making it so, up as we go. Yeah, but it's good, man. <laughs> uh, always an adventure. So anyway, man. Um, tell folks where they can find you if they want to hear more about you know what you got going
1: yeah um my podcast is rich outdoors um we talk entrepreneurship we talk hunting we talk all kinds of stuff so it's pretty wide ranging um but that's probably the best way to find me and if uh social cool. same rich outdoors
0: yeah you're not gonna be at western hunt expo are you
1: i don't think so um yeah, yeah i don't think so i don't know if We're i'm talking- gonna do any shows <laughs> yeah Weird. <laughs> so we'll see are you going to any
0: i'm gonna go to the hunt expo so I'm leaving this Sunday for Arizona, uh, to meet up with some dudes down there, um, for coos and mule deer. Um, and most of the shows are happening while I'm there, but the Western honey expo is the only one that's not. So I'm going to hit that one up.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, I mean, shows are really good. I think like when you're just starting out, like you could meet a lot of people face to face and, um,
0: that's the main reason I'm going just kind of network and stuff. Right. 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 Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's really good. So, anyway, man, uh, appreciate your time. It's been really, really fun chatting with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, man.